Before we get started, I just want to take a minute to thank the sponsor of this podcast, Town Square Brewing. I really recommend that anyone of age get out and find some of their craft beer and give it a try if you haven't already. There are so many flavors to choose from. I I guarantee you'll find at least one that you completely love. Uh, I know there's a lot of craft beer out there and there are a lot of great ones being made in the city. But I know our listeners are also aware that no one really loves small business and supporting local as much as I do. And I, I can't think of any better way to spend what little money you have added into a recession than on Town Square Beer. Uh, 18 plus, please, please drink responsibly, of course. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Like me being at the studio, I was honestly like just going insane. Like by the end of COVID, like being up there in that room with like way less customers and less like interaction with other people, like working in those lofts. I was like, I was losing my mind, right? So oh, yeah. anything that's not that is is like a plus to me like just to have yeah. to work at home but not not have any of the other like given stress that i had with the studio that's why maybe i might like i don't know maybe ask me in a year or five years or whatever but right now i i have no complaints about like the structure of how everything is going yeah i think i think it's like when you work within an organization and you're and you're working at home, it's it's kind of nice. And as someone who worked uh, uh, for those same people, like I think it's it's pretty enjoyable to to just work at home. First of all, let me start out. Thank you for doing this. I know you uh, you said you're shy, and uh, that's what like a lot of my best interviews are with people who like need a bit of convincing. So I'm I'm hoping this is one of those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm hoping it's one of those too. And uh, and I kind of I messed up. You know what? I two months ago I had like eight or ten episodes like backstocked, right? And then I just kind of got like too comfortable and and didn't record like at all over the holidays. So now like your this episode will come out next uh, Thursday, I think. Like, we put them on Patreon a week before they, they come out, like, to the public. And this one will be out, like, right away. Like, you're, you're kind of saving me. Like, by doing this today, I can have it edited by Wednesday night, drafted to go out Thursday morning. So, like, thank you for... Uh, oh, sick. Yeah, no sweat, dude. I, 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 like, I was, I was psyched that you would ask me to do it. I just was, you know, 
I feel like I'm not the most interesting dude, but uh, hey, we'll just we'll just fucking roll with it. You know this. Uh, I I love when I gonna introduce a guest this way. It always kinda I feel it like speaks for how the episode will go when I don't really know how to uh, I guess pigeonhole is kind of a like pejorative term, but like what what would you say you do? Like I, I know you do <laughs> a million things, but what, like if, if you had to you know, meet like a, some like corporate suit guy that needed like you to sum up what you do in, in one phrase. What is it? I, I've been in that position of a few times over the last couple months. And I usually just say, hey, I'm Mitchie. Uh, I draw skeletons. And that does that work or like, I mean, to me. I would think that's super cool. And if I was ever interviewing someone and they said that, I would be like, hell yeah, like this person's sick. But I get maybe like wouldn't go over as well with, with certain crowds. Yeah. I Well, I mean, for the longest time, that was kind of what I thought. But it's uh, it turns out that in the line of work that I'm in, like people are, are super down with that and think that that's super cool. Yeah. Uh, and- so I guess... I guess just to go a little further, I'm uh, an artist and designer. Uh, I do a lot of freelance work and I work full-time for Sea Change Brewing Co. So what was like your your first um, kind of like artistic, like what, what was the first thing you were paid for to do artistically? Oh man, that's a, uh, that's a good question. Uh, well, I mean, the, the the most fun thing that I did that really got me into it, I think, um, well, back in the day, I was I was living in uh, Lloydminster, Alberta, Saskatchewan, where I grew up. Uh, I was working at this skate shop, sort of managing it, and uh, they wanted to do a like a shop deck. Uh, so I designed the shop deck, and we sold those. I didn't get paid for the design specifically but I yeah it was it was because I was working there and uh, like so how a, long how long ago was that that was probably 2010 2009 so was was it 12, uh, 13 years a digital design yeah yeah so I did I, I think I had like just started to figure out adobe illustrator at this time and i i had like sent them a few things that i thought were like sweet and they were so shitty and so bad uh and then i just started to go back to like all the things that i thought was cool like when i started skateboarding and like looking at like uh old chad muska decks and shit and so i wound up basing it off like a muska sun if you remember that graphic yeah of course so, like, did you, uh, were you interested in design before? Did that kind of, like, show you that you could, like, take a design and make something tangible with it? Yeah, I think that was, like, the first time that I realized that, like, it was a it was a thing that I could do. I mean, like, growing up as a kid, I was always, like, just drawing shit. And, like, well, I, I was never one of those kids that, like, always carried around a sketchbook and was doing art or like drawing anime and stuff but i would like 
I was super into hockey when I was a kid. So I would like draw goalie masks. And I I always thought that it would be like the coolest thing to design a goalie mask. Which like it actually is super cool. Like goalie masks are an underrated art. I never thought right? I would have like a kind of lead up to be able to like say that on this podcast. But yeah, they're super cool. They're they're real tight. And there was like a lot in the nineties that I was like a huge fan of. Um like I don't I I don't really follow hockey anymore until the Oilers make the playoffs. Um but like that's still something that I would be really, really fucking hyped to do one day. So then like did your your art style change like drastically over the years? Because like what you do now is is quite different than like goalie mask art. Yeah. I like I mean it it just kind of evolved with with like things that I was into, you know, so I think that I still take a lot of inspiration from like old skateboarding and, and, and snowboarding stuff. Um, and just like punk rock music type stuff. That's, that's, I guess where all the skeletons come from. Is that shop that you worked at? Is it still around? It's, uh, yeah, actually it's kind of, uh, so the, the, the people that owned it when I was working there sold it shortly after I designed this shop deck for them probably in 2011 or 12 uh, and this dude from Edmonton came and bought it and there's actually one I think this dude opened one here uh, like two or three years ago it's called boredom oh yeah yeah okay I know, so it I was know like that is. you know in, in order to to survive in the small town Alberta they needed to be selling not that core of of shit so it was like yeah you know a lot of a lot of like billabong and that that type of you know adjacent sort of sort of stuff but that's of like i mean i don't want to speak ill of, of small towns but i feel that's what sells out there anyway right oh totally like I it mean, would like, probably be weird if it was like a curated store with a bunch of like cool brands people would be like what what is this like we want billabong yeah like i was always bothering my boss to bring in altamont stuff and it would just like sit on the shelf for like eight months until it went on sale and someone was like oh this is cool i don't really know what it is so then i guess fast forward and now like one of your main gigs is that you're like graphic designer for sea change right yeah or are you gonna edit the sponsored ad for this one? I I wondered that actually. Sarah was kind of joking about that, and uh, <laughs> no, I'm, she was I'm, like, I'm, "I wonder if if having someone from a, a competing company if that will affect it at all." Oh, that's that's funny. No, I think uh, I think I think in the in the brewing community we're all kind of buds and we all kind of cheer each other on. So I don't. I don't think there's there would be any ill will, for sure. I I was I was just joking. I think that's kind of funny. Yeah, no, no. I I it's funny. I would have probably forgot to bring that up, but I definitely thought about the fact that it's like sponsored by a, a competing company. But you know, here I guess I was gonna I was gonna give you guys your roses either way. But let's go. Uh, 
the amount of people that I see wearing Sea Change merch is absolutely astonishing. Like I, yes, it's fucked. Sarah and I love going there, and we'll go on a Sunday. You know, we'll we'll get a sandwich and a pint. Like maybe we'll push it to two. And almost a hundred percent of people coming and going leave with a piece of merchandise. Yeah, it's it's nuts. We're we're basically a clothing store that also sells a ton of beer. Well, it's funny because I was also talking to Sarah about this the other day that I think I mean obviously I'm I'm kind of kidding and I don't know all about merch industry or the fashion industry but i feel that these days like clothing companies are kind of falling by the wayside i feel like merch is way more important like people instead of like 10 years ago people wanting to wear a brand that they can like let everyone know like hey we wear this brand like now everyone just wants to wear shirts and hoodies that let people know what podcasts they listen to or what beer they drink and i i think it's super interesting like the way it's it's kind of shifted and yeah like you i i guarantee that i probably on on a sunday will see more people buying sea change merch than i've probably bought nowhere fast merch in the previous like year it's uh, yeah it's it's nuts man it's crazy uh i don't really know what what people's deal is with it but i mean i I love it it helps me it it gives me a job so like that's sick yeah it must Uh, like to me it's always i mean it's cool for sure there's nothing at all wrong with it so weird it's kind of a weird descriptor but when I like when Nowhere Fest started to get a, a tiny bit bigger, like for a time in its inception, I, if I ever saw someone wearing it, I probably either sold it to them or like maybe it would be like one degree of separation. Like it would be my brother's friend or like my my other brother's girlfriend. Or, like I could always yeah. trace it back. But then when I started to see people I didn't really know wearing it, that was always like really kind of like jarring to me. Like I never expected it. You must see people everywhere you go, like wearing things you've made. Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. And it's never, I mean, it's never really been like that because anything, anything that I've designed for historically has been like pretty small stuff or in, in a pretty tight circle. So it's like, you know, I'll know someone who knows someone who's, you know, got the thing or is wearing the thing. And now it's just like, you know, if I go to a show at at Starlight, it's like there's 20 people in there wearing sea chain shit. And I'm like, well, I drew half of this stuff. It's weird. There's there's a there's this meme that was going around a few weeks ago where it was like Tom Cruise at a at a basketball game and he's like leaning over talking to this girl and it's like i drew that shirt and i've I've been sending that to tam every every couple weeks it's it's kind of funny that i mean super cool like just on its own but then also like you're uh 
I don't know how would I would it like not secretive really, but it's not like everyone knows that you know it doesn't say on the merch well like shirts by Mitchy Dagger, right? So like you can kind of quietly observe people wearing it without being like the face of it. And that that must be I mean, at least to me, like I always thought it was way more interesting when I saw someone with nowhere fast that I knew had no idea like that I was involved with it. Like it was yeah. that like level of secrecy was always interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't ever like to like tell someone that I drew their shirt. I think that's weird, but um, I think, I think it's cool that they're, that they're wearing it. I think that's sick. So then, I mean, like you don't have to go into it that much like you don't want to give away the secrets and whatever but did you guys like go through uh like process of like selecting designs that you thought were gonna like be better received or did you like was that kind of the way you wanted things to look from the beginning and it just worked out i think the like uh like i didn't i didn't start with sea change i came on board with them uh last at the end of may last year or in 2021 oh okay uh, so, so uh my pal pete is is one of the founders and i've known him for like 13 or 14 years we've, we've been friends a long time and uh he is a long history of giving me a bunch of projects that he either like doesn't have time for or doesn't want to do um so we've we've got like relatively similar illustration and, and design styles. I think he's a, a lot more talented than than I am, but uh, that's another story. Uh, so anyway, he he just got too busy with uh, keeping up with the art and like starting a new brand and and still dealing with like what it takes to to own and and run a company. So he just called me up one day and was like, "Hey, do you want to step in and help me out with some shit?" So he like he had kind of already built the brand to what it was so there there's kind of a formula and we just like to follow it and we'll we'll bounce designs back and forth and and see what we think will work and we just usually like when it comes to to like uh shirts and hoodies and stuff like we'll we'll just put one out and if it sells out in in two or three weeks then like it's a hit and we'll do it again and if not then we'll just leave it and 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 then call it limited edition and and if people have it then they're stoked and you know it's it's like a we try and think of it not like what supreme does with their drops but i think that's a good model you know if you if you make people know that they won't be able to get something once it's out then they'll want it next time oh yeah yeah for sure we uh based a lot of our like kind of marketing off of that idea as well and yeah but i didn't know i uh i assumed that you were designing for them since the beginning because i guess i i thought that seven and i were kind of fans of sea change from the beginning but i guess it it sounds like we're not because ever since i've known their stuff I associate your designs with it. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of funny. I mean, 
before they before the the tap room opened like you know in the bathroom hallway where there's all like the scribbles and, and shit like it's just like graffiti on the wall yeah before before they opened they invited me in to like draw some stuff in there um so i've got some stuff in there that was that's been up for like six or so years um Oh, like before, but then like when, because you must have done the, like Wolf said. No. That is that not, not your logo? No, no, that's, that's Pete. So then, okay. And then I, I definitely see like how your styles, they work well together. Our most recent beer that we put out was called Real Friends. Uh, oh, right. so it was a it was a champagne sour so i did that label uh and it's like this emo bunny uh so we kind of went with a follow boy reference with that one right. uh, they had that song uh champagne for my real friends real pain for my sham friends yeah um and we didn't want to put that whole title in there because you know that's maybe a little harsh but yeah that's so that that was a fun one. I think I think there's a little bit of that beer left if anyone wants to go get it. Uh, but the uh, the Cheers Nerds graphic uh, that was mine, and that was one that I had done uh, a, a little mural of in the Beaumont Tap Room a few years ago before that opened. Um, and then when I was hired, I was like, "Hey, we should probably do do some shirts with this shit on it," and it's just been selling like madness yeah that's uh i mean i'm this is a genuine compliment i'm not just saying it i think that's the one i probably see the most like out in the wild and you i always i sit in the same spot in the tap room so i can see the door it's like the point of it isn't to be able to see the door it's just the seating that works best for me but I can see everyone come and go and, and just kind of see people surveilling the wall and then pointing to which one they want. And and that one, I see like probably like 75% of people go with that one. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's really, it's really kind of surreal that, that everyone wants this stuff. I think it's, I think it's pretty fucking cool. Has it, um, like have have people approached you about design work based on like how popular that stuff is? Like it must be great having that on a resume. Uh yeah, a little bit, but I like I I don't I don't talk about it a ton. Uh but you know, like people people figure it out and I have I have got a bit of freelance work based on some of the sea change stuff, which is which is really good. But I guess probably at the same time you don't want to like over, like overuse that style because then if people can get it like at at different places they're probably gonna like go to Sea Change for it less. Like if if Sea Change is is kind of the spot to get logos like that, you kind of want to reserve that for them. I would assume. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think with anything, it's less about what it is and more about the brand as a whole. Right. If, you know, if you know what I mean, like 
like people want people just want to identify with something that they can connect with and that they know other people will connect with you know yeah so that's why that's why i think sort of the the nods to traditional tattoos that we use in a lot of our shit is is really helpful because it's familiar for people and i like i always think that people like familiarity in in art and stuff like that you know like people people want to be told what they think is cool if if it's new to them yeah yeah for sure like uh almost like it, it sounds maybe like a bit pejorative but like people kind of want to go with with what they see a lot of people doing right like the help or hype kind of builds like the fan base in a way for a lot of things and i assume like i don't know i i suspect that's part of it too when sarah and i are sitting there and we see someone get up and go pay their bill and then grab something off the wall i think everyone else in the restaurant that's watched that happen they kind of feel like oh yeah we should do that like or you know they supported we should support yeah yeah oh for sure also i mean like it is true right like everyone should support maybe not everyone should support everything but if like it's a restaurant that people are already enjoying eating and drinking at like why not show your friends you like it by wearing it yeah, exactly. I, I mean, that's that's the philosophy I like to try and take with a lot of things too. And I mean, it probably helps that that people are are buying this stuff after they've had a couple pints too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, I mean, that's gonna go a long way too, right? Like I, I don't know. It, like the whole thing with. with what you guys have done over there is super interesting to me because I, you know, I've said this so many times before and I don't, I don't want to just repeat myself every episode, but I feel like I'm actually not that good at like selling. Like I was never meant to be a retail store. I don't think I was more like meant, you know, I could like sell some merch and like kind of create like a vibe of like a community and that people want to support something. So nowadays I'm, I'm thinking all like kind of in the, in the ways of like merch, like if we make any nowhere fast stuff from now on, it'll kind of be merchandise for this podcast or for like whatever we're doing as opposed to like being a clothing line. And then when I think of like people in the city kind of doing that at the highest level, I definitely think of you guys. And see yeah, change. Well, I, mean, I mean, that's a nice thing to hear. And I also think that that's probably really useful for you as, as Nowhere Fast. And I remember like back in the day when you were, I mean, I guess you kind of called it a clothing line at the time, but if effectively it was it was merch. It just wasn't it just didn't have a lot to go along with. And now you've sort of built this thing with the podcast where there's, there's more to go along with it. And I think that you've, you've done a really awesome thing trying to foster community the last few years. And I think that's really important. And now 
I think you could see more buy-in with stuff like that if you were doing like smaller drops. Like I would be really hyped to see some shit like that. Yeah, I'm. I mean, thank you. That's that's very good. But yeah, I'm. I'm interested to see how, like, the next time we make a hoodie or a hat or something, just to see kind of the difference in in the way it sells and maybe who it sells to and like price points will change because like even though like you say it was gonna merch all along for a while it was like pretty high quality like expensive merch and i feel i could like get away with that because like there was a store attached yeah yeah but now i I know what you're saying if I just want to pump out like hoodies just to get the podcast logo out there, they don't really need to be anything more than like a champion hoodie or something. So I'm interested to see how people react to to like being merch and not a clothing line now, even though it's all really the same thing. Mostly same, same, but different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I mean, you get it, and there are people who will definitely understand it, but I feel like the the majority of people wouldn't really like see a difference in a good way. Like that's like I mean, basically, I've always said about overpass is whatever people want it to be, like it can be that, you know, like yeah. if you want to think it's merch or. A serious clothing whatever like as long as you like it that's all that matters yeah and i mean that's that's something that i've appreciated about what you've been doing this whole time too is like it can kind of be whatever you want you know if you if you want it to be like a cut and sew fashion line then that's what it is yeah if you want it to be merch from you know your favorite little skate studio sick you know, it, it, it was kind of chame- a, a chameleon in that way. And I, I really appreciate that. I think that's really cool. I'm, I'm amazed that people like let us pivot so many times and just like fully forget about us or like, kinda, not like cancel us, but you know, like just stop supporting us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are we a skate shop or are we a sold at Gravity Pub or like are we a podcast or I don't know. It's, I I don't know my the inside of my head is is wild like I have too many thoughts bouncing around all the time and since I'm the only one here it's good and bad I can just do whatever like every day whatever I feel like we are that's kind of what we are and I mean that could be good some days I I kind of wish maybe there was other people here who could like you know, kind of tell me maybe like you got to like decide like what, what you are. Like even now I, uh, I'm going through this, like it's all I can think about now that I'm really enjoying talking to all these local artists and like business owners and everyone from the city. But I feel like I also can think of a lot of people outside the city that I want to hear their stories. And eventually it's going to get too complicated, I think. And like if if I'm doing an interview with someone from the States, 
And then the next episode is just like a like a local food person from Edmonton. It's gonna get like too confusing, and I think we're gonna we're gonna have fans that are here to hear one thing, and they're gonna not want to hear the other stuff. So you well, here's the thing: is that you think that, but that might not be right. You know, because if you if you're only focusing on people who are local, then you get this hyper localized podcast where your reach is only so big. But um, like one of my favorite ones that you've done, it was the, the one with G Man from Time Bomb. Oh, of course. And it's like you know, it, it's 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 people like that who are kind of in your bigger circle, so to speak. Where I think there's a lot of overlap with probably a, a bunch of people who want to listen to this shit who would be super into it. So I think like if you can keep branching out like little by little, that's fucking tight. That the great advice. And yeah, that's, you know, I should actually ask people I have on here their advice more. It's like a, a great, like kind of condensed focus group. Like to, to hear <laughs> hear what people like think about all my ideas and then to have it live or not live but recorded, right? So it's kinda an extra level of accountability for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I mean I always like to say that like well, taking it back a step, people like to say that there are no bad ideas, but there are there's a, a, there's a lot of bad ideas but usually inside the bad idea there's a good idea right. so it's like if you can if you can decipher between the two then like there's probably something good in there like if you're if you're spending a bunch of time thinking about doing interviews with people from the states then like there's probably something to that if you're worried about what other people think then like i don't know man that sucks but yeah, i mean no. I, I deal with that all the time yeah, so do I, like, for sure. I, I overthink things, especially when it comes to, like, nowhere fast and anything kind of adjacent. I, I spend a lot of time, like, in my own head, for sure. Oh, totally. But, uh, I feel you. You and me both, man. What were, like... What were you doing prior? Because sea change is like a full time thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I work uh, all day every day. And what were you <laughs> doing before, like design wise? Doing like website photography, and then I was doing graphic design, which turned into like not that much graphic design. There would just be like projects every now and then, so working from home was was really nice and then so like that's where you're doing right up until like pete hired you full-time yeah yeah so i wasn't i was like you know not having the best time i wasn't super into what i was doing i didn't like i didn't feel passionate about it at all and right. then uh, like i was i was just kind of stuck like i i knew that i needed to to move on and it was time um I was just kind of like waiting for opportunity to come to me, which, you know, isn't always good, but sometimes it works out really well that way. Yeah. Is that, that um, like a, a problem that you face like 
often where you feel like you're kind of stuck doing the same like the same thing over and over again like do you you always have to be experimenting and trying new stuff or are you content like being somewhat settled for a bit at least oh that's a good question i i like i feel like i'm afraid of change in a lot of ways yeah you know what i mean like 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 changing career paths seemed really scary but i knew that it was what i needed um i i do like to like keep things the same a lot of the time but i do like trying new stuff and trying to work at things and get better at things so then uh i've been asking people this like kind of line of questioning lately and i kind of like the answers i'm getting but how are you like if you have an idea for like a design or even like not not a specific design but just something you kind of want to like try your hand at and it doesn't go well the first time will you give up or will you keep at it or does it like depend on on the actual like task at hand I know a lot of artists like try if it doesn't work, never think about it again. And then other people are like super determined because they feel if they have this thought and this inkling to do something, there there must be something to it. So they want to keep at it until it's somewhat fleshed out. Yeah. Well, I think it depends on like what it is. If it's like something that's entirely new and I try it and it doesn't really work, I'll just like put it on the back burner until I want to think about it again if it's like if it's like an illustration idea that doesn't really work out I will like just sit with it for like as long as it fucking takes to like make it work um and sometimes that's way too long but it usually winds up coming out okay um like I I used to be super into photography and I would I would shoot a lot of film just like you know carrying a camera around and i've been meaning to get back into that forever but i just can't get inspired to do it because it you know it, there's there's such a barrier of cost to entry you know like film is expensive developing is expensive and then it's like what am i gonna do with these fucking photos after you know what i mean i'm just gonna like look at them and enjoy them <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm in the exact same bud, so we can kind of like sympathize with each other. I used to take a ton of photos when I was younger, and I keep trying to like force myself to get back into it. And then I have little like bursts of inspiration, like talking to I mean the Stratus episode that like, got me really inspired, and then certain things will get me inspired, but I just like can't like fully get back into it and i feel like the finances are a huge part of it like even i mean i don't have a lot of money but i can afford like film sometimes that it's not like the actual finance it's thinking about each click of a photo like how much it's like two dollars every time you push that thing and then exactly like what do you do with the photos yeah yeah, it's like cool. I just paid forty five bucks for this, and now what am I gonna do? Like, cool. 
I'll, I'll like put it on Instagram and that's, you know, that's where it's going to live. I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. The, the excuse that I'm giving myself right now is that I need a new point and shoot. And then as soon as I get a new point and shoot, then I'm going to be super into it. And I don't know if that's true or false, but uh, when I find one, we'll find out. Did you ever, in your younger years, did you think photography would like be a job? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, like, uh, so I, as I mentioned, I grew up in Lloydminster, Alberta, Saskatchewan, just like riding skateboards and snowboards and bikes and shit. And I was never the best. So someone had to be the photographer. So that was like, right. that was how I got into it. And then it came time, like I graduated from high school and, and took a year off and didn't really know what the fuck I was going to do. Um, so I moved to the city and, and, and went to school to Grant McEwen and like majored in photography. Um, what was great about that was at the time they set the program up. So you would take a year of like design studies. Um, so a, a lot of people that were coming to school with me for photography would, would learn like, Oh shit, now I've got to draw for a year. Uh, but for me, that was kind of a saving grace because after I, you know, graduated, did my three years of school and thought I was going to be a photographer and it didn't really work out. I kind of got burnt out on it. I had this to fall back on, which was really nice. But yeah, I did. I, I did thought photography was going to be a job. And, and I mean, it was kind of for a little bit, I was like a, a product photographer for gravity Pope for four or five years. And then I'm trying to think, like, I always want to ask people if, if what they did like previously informs what they do now, but like, uh, you do you do like any uh product photography like for sea change now? Uh, kind of. I mean, like we like Pete and I share the Instagram account, so right. a, 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 like a lot of a lot of our photography is just kind of like it's it's not very high end. We try and keep it a little bit low, so it doesn't always feel like it's an ad. Yeah, you know what I mean. You gotta. You got to make it seem personable and like certain, certain photos work. And sometimes I'll like put half an hour into like setting up a shot and like getting someone to come stand in and like, and then it'll get like not that many likes. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? Why did I waste all my time on this shit? Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, like, I, I, I find a lot of joy in like setting shots up and like getting a cool shot of a can or whatever. I, I still think that's cool. So like I'm, uh, I'm still doing a bit of photography. I just shoot with like a, a mirrorless digital camera with vintage lenses adapted to it, which I think is a good look. Oh, I I saw a photo of you with with that thing around your neck. What, uh, like, what body is it, and then what lens have you like freaked? Um, so I use a Olympus EM10. Oh it's yeah. Not like okay. a, it's not like a current one. It's like a few years old. I bought it on Kijiji for like 200 bucks. Um, and then I just bought this like $20 vintage lens adapter. Um, Cause I've got like a few old Pentax lenses and a few old Canon lenses. So you can just get one, like an adapter for each of the old brands. 
and then they just like thread right on. Like and it it works like seamlessly. Like you don't have issues like with uh like do certain photos come out blurred or it, it all like works the way it's supposed to. Wait. It, it it works the way it's supposed to, but you don't get autofocus because those old lenses didn't have focusing motors in them. So you've got to do you got to go the old school way and and do manual focus, which uh, is sometimes hit and miss. But um, that comes back to like wanting to shoot film and having some imperfections in your stuff. So as long as one's like kind of sharp, then then you're good. Yeah, and you know what, like. I'd I'd almost a hundred percent rather manual focus all my shots too, but like the technology of everything keeps trying to like make the old ways like leave the old ways left in the past. Oh yeah, yeah. I I mean, uh, sometimes it just takes way too fucking long for me to manual focus. Like if I've got someone like posing for a shot or whatever, like it just. It just takes too long or depending on what's happening it's it's a little inconvenient but i i've always liked using manual focus too although new autofocus technology is like pretty fucking banging yeah i, I haven't i haven't gotten to use it a, a ton because the the motor in one of my lenses is is broken but the the bit that i have used it recently it's it's pretty it's pretty great yeah i always kind of complain that technology is getting in the way of a lot of these old day practices. But then oh, when yeah, I get totally. my hands on the new technology, I kind of, I think like, uh, I get it. Like I, I see what they're doing. They like made it way faster and way more efficient and way less money, like per frame. I mean, the cameras might be a, a ton more, but then, in my mind, it's like once you own it, the photos are free, right? Yeah. Like the camera might be a grand or two for these new like digital ones, but once you own it, you can take infinite photos for free. Yeah, and I mean, there was there was someone in in your Discord server who was saying that they were using like an older digital point and shoot, and the the way oh. that the highlights looked was like fucking it looked so good and i was like how did this come out of a shitty digital camera i, yeah. I, I like couldn't believe it it funny uh yeah let's let's talk about that discord for a minute you know i feel i know you're like active in there i really appreciate that but i feel like sometimes people will talk about something like not that useful like just a random thing will get like so many responses and like days of like talking <laughs> about this then someone will post like something pretty meaningful if they need some advice on like some camera equipment or even all like post podcast episodes nothing like crickets for days so like i, I mean i love it i'll never never get rid of it it kind of goes to like how I was saying, if something doesn't work right, I won't give up. I would rather work at it until it becomes what I want it to be. So the Discord will be there, and it is like growing members like daily almost. But it's funny, yeah, like important stuff, no one cares. 
really just mundane stuff gets like a huge response. Yeah, it's it's super weird. And I don't know if that's because people don't want to engage with anything that's meaningful to somebody or if it's just that like that's the way shit happens. I don't know. I I noticed that. I noticed that too. I'm in like a couple. I'm not in a lot like a lot of Discord servers, but a, a couple, and that seems to be a trend, kind of across the board. Yeah, if, if like, someone, I guess I can uh, not feel as bad because I'm in a couple, and I see that happen in other servers too. Even like super popular ones, someone will post a meme or something, and they'll get like hundreds of responses like people will talk for days about like the chris rock slap and then someone will ask like something meaningful and like maybe it'll get like a flame emoji and yeah that's it yeah no no, no one gives a shit about the important stuff maybe we just that want is. memes that, that it's is. just we our brains have been trained we only want memes now yeah i guess that is kind of what the internet has done and i mean i i love memes and i i love conversing about all the monday and stuff too it's just when i see like someone ask something sort of meaningful and get like no response yeah then someone will ask like best pizza and it'll have like nine pages of answers yeah oh well, i mean we've all got opinions about our best pizza yeah right? true and and to be fair, I think I may have started the pizza talking, <laughs> so I'm I'm the culprit. But uh, what you know, Sarah actually, my my girlfriend has, I think it's a crew neck sweater. It's like a running, some like run clubs merch that you designed. Do you oh, know yeah. what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, I I know the one. I snuck a Misfits reference reference into that one. What was it for? Uh, Mountain Stride Fitness. Uh, this, this was a uh, a buddy of mine who used to play in this ska band called Feaster Famine, uh, and he just like got super super into fitness, and he like, I don't know if he was doing like running training or personal training or if he just like started a, a merch line, but. He was like, hey, do you want to draw this thing for me? And I was like, cool. Can it be a skeleton? And he was like, yeah. Uh, so usually if if someone asks me to draw something and I and they say yes to the skeleton, then I'll do it. Yeah, that's a good like bar to set, right? Like yeah. you just want to draw skeletons. And it's for sure like you know it's yours, right? Like you you've completely like owned that style whenever i like see despite earlier in the episode where i like kind of failed at at naming your designs that were actually peas when i see a <laughs> skeleton you've drawn i like know you've drawn it which i mean that i love like in in any any artistic input like when you know something belongs to someone because they're so like you know, just like doing the, I gotta think how to like wear this that doesn't sound rude. I don't mean it rude at all. I just mean like repeating the same thing over and over again. But I mean, 
this coming from a guy that like banned oh, yeah. the word don't wear fast like 15 years ago and has never changed it so i'm like the the ultimate like hypocrite oh yeah whenever. but the the uh the the b boss logo has has definitely grown on me yeah i you know what i i appreciate that too when i first made it i didn't know anything about anything i i still barely do but i said i always said this isn't a good logo but it's not technically a bad logo it just is what it is like you can do this over and over again and i don't think it, it like it'll take away from it and then you know like just over a year ago i I figured out I could just do a bunch of them at once. So now, like, our logo kind of became, like, the multiple logo. I just, yeah. I always I always try to, like, when I was younger, someone explained to me that when, like, when a person sees something in threes, their brain, like, it registers differently. So whenever I have the time and, you know, I used to put up more of our stickers and now I'm kind of like a, a boring old man that like cheats in a way. Like I barely put them up. Most, most of the ones you see other people have done it, but whenever I do it on my own, I try to put up three, like if I have the time and the space. And yeah. then I figured I could just, uh, instead of putting up three, I could just have one logo that's nine. It's yeah, like the ultimate, it's bunch. like three sets of three, and it's only one logo, but it's like three of three. So that was yeah. like a galaxy brand moment. Yeah, it's uh, it's sick. I like I like the fucking repeated stamp. I, I don't think I've ever actually even told this story, but it's funny. There was a, a friend of one of the kids that was on our skate team was hanging out one day and they were like pretty stoned. They were just like so out of it. And I have a, a stamp that we use like on our mail and he was just stamping the paper like over and over again. And at first I was like, and you're you're gonna you're wasting this stamp. And then I looked at it and was like, no way! You I, you just created like the most amazing logo for us. Yeah. And then a friend of mine just we scanned the stamp like what he did with the stamps, and then just like filled it out like in I don't know anything yeah. about design either, but yeah, a friend of mine that helps out just made them all like solid, and then ever since it, it just it works like i don't know if yeah, we've it, actually done the same uh, yeah i i i wondered if you i wondered if you had done it with an actual stamp that's really cool yeah no i i have uh i have the actual like stamp somewhere i feel like what that like is is pretty meaningful and Sorry, I I have the stamp, but I mean I have the paper that he stamped it on. Oh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. You should you should put it up in like a tiny little frame. Yeah, maybe like one day it might matter that much. For now, I think it's just like you know, wedged in a book somewhere, just to stay like flat and like somewhat intact. Oh yeah.
like I mean, like we're talking about it, it's great to have your designs be so like widely accepted through this sea change merch. But do you ever see it as like uh like something hard to live up to? Like does it make you feel that any other designs you do aren't gonna go to like as wide of an audience? Oh yeah. I mean it 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 feels like that all the time and it were like now it feels like I'm constantly trying to just like live up to the the cheers nerds sweater. You know, like there's if if I can top that, then then that means I'm doing good. But that's that's a that's a real high bar to set because I don't know, people just people just fucking love that one. And I I don't know if it's because it's funny or like poking fun at something. I I don't know. I I've thought it was just kind of offensive when I put it up on the wall, but apparently everybody loves it. Um so yeah, I mean, it's it. It always feels like I'm working towards making something that people will respond to. Um, but I, I always just think like, as as long as somebody likes something, then then that means I'm doing good. And if somebody hates something, then that probably means I'm doing good too. Yeah, just like you like invoking either emotion from people. I mean, that people say good art just sparks controversy right so love it or hate it it's kind of the same or not the same but it's working yeah i mean if 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 everybody loves something i think it's it's falling a little bit short you've got to there's got to be more to it than just you know making everybody happy yeah yeah of course if, if somebody hates your thing and and somebody else likes it then that means you're in the right balance i think maybe i'm wrong i don't know i don't no, know no I, i'm just some guy it sounds right to me <laughs> and like yeah no that's that's ideal um what do you have any other projects like without exposing anything like secretive or are you working on anything else like maybe not for a sea change but like personal projects um yeah kind of, well kind of i started this weird thing uh in the pandemic times uh just for like an outlet for some art and stuff um but i guess it's a a brand or merch or lifestyle company i don't know what the fuck you want to call it but uh i basically just started an instagram account called dead city cycles uh, where I put some art and I've made like a couple t-shirts and some bandanas and like sticker packs and stuff um, just around like weird vintage bicycles and art and stuff like that um, finding a finding a nice little community on the internet that that responded pretty well to it so that's that's kind of fun I like to I like to work on that a bit when I have the time. Do you uh, like have um, a personal relation with cycling or was it just like for the name? Both. Uh, I, I mean, like I've been riding bikes 
since I was a kid and I, I picked them up again uh, a few years ago and just kind of got sucked into it when I realized like how much more of a culture it is than just like racing. Um, so there's like, like I was saying, there's, there's a nice little community on, on the internet that, that treats each other nicely and, and like rebuilds old bikes. So it's not all just about the newest Nazi treks and, and specialized bikes and they don't have to all be expensive. So it's, it's one of those nice activities where you can, you can build something with your hands and then go ride it and it's peaceful. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've, I spent a lot of time riding bikes and I guess I just use this as a tool to like get more freelance jobs from bike adjacent companies. I was hoping they would, they would see that stuff and, and be like, Oh, Hey, this guy draws bike stuff. Let me, let me get him to do my shit too. And has, has that worked yet? Like, have you found other like design jobs based on that? Uh, yeah, uh, a couple. Um, I did I did one for this uh, this company from New Jersey called Party Size Cycling, and they're like a they're like a body positive, inclusive community. Uh, they do a lot of like uh, they do a lot of like group rides for people who aren't well represented in in the cycling industry. So, uh, there's like like a lot of big dudes that that ride with them, and I, and that's really great. And they this dude's like a punker from time. So we kind of, we kind of hit it off right away. Did you know about them like before this or they kind of reached out from the like popularity of, of dead city cycles? Uh, yeah, no, he just like, he just reached out to me and, and, and asked me if I would be interested in doing something. And I was, I was kind of down with his idea. It was like this weird obscure metal reference and again i was just like can it be a skeleton and he was like fuck yeah i was like okay great let's do it awesome and do you know like uh was that design like well received by their people yeah yeah totally there's there's uh there's a bunch of people who wear it who are like i I don't want to say like influencers or like you know, people with YouTube channels and followings and shit who who wear it and, and think it's cool. So I think that's that's kind of tight. Yeah, no, no, it is. That's awesome. New Jersey is like pretty far away. I mean, obviously in in distance, but also like culture and stuff. So to be able to like have one of your designs resonate over there, that's cool. Yeah, I mean it that's that's kind of what I think is cool about you know the like these these different cultures like skate culture or cycling culture or like punk rock culture it's just like it's kind of universal like there's different pockets of of things depending on where you are geographically but we all kind of speak the same language so to speak like it, there's there's just kind of a universal understanding which I I think is great like it it, nothing has to be hyper local i guess right yeah yeah that that something i see more of lately too and like it's all like 100 percent 
positive to me that like things can kind of get spread around on like a wider wider scale than they could have like 10 15 20 years ago oh totally like the the internet's a, a, a terrifying place but it's also a really beautiful tool when it's you know when it works the way you want it to yeah which is rare but when it does it's incredible yeah, yeah i'm when, like when it works it's great yeah again like it's rare but yeah when something clicks it really makes me think like oh the, you know the internet it's not all bad like this this one good thing happened but then yeah it'll be another couple of years of just memes and dumb dumb things that the internet is bringing to my life but then another good things happen or another good things happen kind of rejuvenates like my my idea of it and starts to sail all over again yeah well i mean the memes are tight too yeah don't get me wrong i'm I'm down with the memes what was your part in the midway mural ah uh so i i drew it and it was it was initially going to be exactly how it how it turned out um and then we made a few changes internally and sent it over to their camp and then they wanted a couple changes um and then i just sent them back the original and they were and they were hyped on it so it's it's like a a sea change reaper with two pints in his hand and it just says cheers nerds real huge sea change real huge so it's it's in uh the midway which i don't know if you're familiar is the old ranch I yeah think. uh so it's like a club a bunch of nights but it's also like a, a pretty tight music venue yeah i i hear a lot of good things about they they must have like some sort of either like financial or just like cool points but i think they're able to book like a lot of a lot of shows that a lot of people aren't able to book these days. Yeah, totally. Like we, uh, me and my partner Tam saw Future Islands there in May or June. Uh, that that show was really, really fucking cool. Yeah, it's kind of a, I mean, not not weird, but like you wouldn't really think it was a venue where you would go to see shows like that. Yeah, totally. Just like, just with its legacy as a country club, you know. Yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't really expect it, and and when you go when you go in there, it's it's kind of a trip. Like part of it is is like an arcade, and then part of it has like a really really awesome stage set up with like a little pit, and then like some little balconies on the side. It's it's pretty great. It's good. It's it's a good space. Yeah, I've I've only heard good things about it. But then I just kind of like juxtaposition those with stories I've heard about the ranch and it like seems a little odd to me, but yeah, it's it's funny when when places have a name attached to them that you perceive one way and then yeah. all of a sudden there's something different and you can't really shake that perception. Yeah. No, it's got to be, like, hard for them to, like, fight that battle. It's, yeah. uh, 
How did uh, like, how did you guys get that mural? The, like uh, they just reached out to you. I guess Pete's I, like doing a ton of murals at like all the cool bars. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we did the the one at Bajo um, in the spring, and right. that that was that was I think one of the biggest ones that he's done, um, and definitely the biggest one that I've done. Um, so that that was a lot of fun. That's a cool looking one if you have got the chance to see it. I know you did your uh, your your uh, bow buns like a few weeks after we did it. I think. Yeah, that was fun. And yeah, no, no, I saw it and uh, seen a ton of photos of it, and it's it's a great. I I like the colors of that one too. Yeah, it's a it's it's neat because it's it's like this traditional tattoo Japanese dragon, um, but like he's sliced and then he's a beer can and it's like this weird like yellows and pinks and greens. Like we like to use a lot of those colors to make sure everything is just like fucking as vibrant as possible. Um, Sorry, I I cut you off. Oh, I was just going to go back to how, how that midway mural started and i'm not really sure like we i had just been in there to see future islands like i said and 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 i noticed that like they were selling our beer and i was like oh we gotta we gotta get a couple banners up in here because you know they're they're selling our our beer but but no one knows that you can get it so like we gotta get some some brand recognition up in here so so people you know when you walk in you know that you can order a sea change at the bar because they like they're not going to tell you so unless you know that you can get it you're probably not going to order one so i i told our salespeople like we got to get some brand recognition of some kind in here and then i don't really know exactly how the talks always shake out but uh they just sent me a message on slack one day and we're like hey we're gonna go check out the midway space and they've got a space where you guys might be able to put a mural uh so we just we just drew some shit booked a week banged it out in three days crazy that that's a a short amount of time for something of that like size yeah it it was pretty big but luckily like working inside in a controlled environment and having like not a lot of obstacles to work around it, it it goes pretty quick right it like once you once you get the art on the wall it's basically like paint by numbers yeah kind of like you just got to see where every color goes and then you just roll it up yeah no no that is a a simple way to put it like i mean obviously a lot more goes into it but you're right like once like once it's drawn just kind of get it onto the wall yeah do you yeah uh, that's the you Go ever have input like in the the flavors of the the beer like designs aside like are you involved at all in like the beer part of sea change no i'll leave that to people who know what they're doing uh i always like to say that i don't know beer science um they i think that we have a, a pretty incredible team of brewers that has only been growing over the last few months yeah. um but i th- i think that those those dudes really really know what they're doing 
um, and they they kind of make what we think is going to work for for the time period and and we like we've been cranking out a bunch of hoppy stuff over the last few months um, so it's really nice to see that kind of ramp up and and hopefully we can have one stick and not just disappear and I, I think we've found it with the uh, the collab that we did with pals oh the sandwich yeah shop yeah. yeah man I love that spot it's so good the I love the uh, the spot pals and I think I had that beer and it was good for sure it's, yeah I, th I think it's my personal favorite right now so I'm I'm hoping it, it sticks around so it, it's cool that you guys do these partnerships with like local, you know, like the, the turbo stout is another like really, really good beer. And it's cool that it's great. Like you obviously it must do well because you guys always have it and re-release it, but then it's like a lifetime of kind of like product placement for Pharaoh too. So it's a real great like symbiotic relationship because like even when we did that beer with Town Square, it's not like a permanent thing, right? So we it was cool to get that little burst of like kind of advertising through them, but it didn't like it's not permanent. Pharaoh gets like their name on in your cooler all the time. Yeah. And I mean it's it's the same with with a lot of things like it'll it'll just start as like a one-off and if it goes well then we'll do it again um but i think like with the pharaoh thing with it kind of aligns with a lot of the other things that we do is like it just kind of started as a joke like they were like hey what if we put a bunch of cronuts into a stout um and then like it turned out and it was good and it won an award or two so it stuck around it's uh we 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 take it out for the summer because nobody nobody drinks stouts in the summer really. Yeah, true. I mean, they don't have I the best I, shelf life either. It's it's pretty strong, right? Uh, yeah, it's uh, I want to say it's six and a half percent. It might be five point seven. Uh okay, no, like strong. I love strong beer though, so that's like I mean, I like nine. 9, 10, 11%. He's good for me, but I, for some reason, I thought it was like eight. Uh, are you sure? I thought it was yeah. like 8.5. No, there, there was a time when it was, when it was six and a half. Um, and then I think they adjusted the process to try and lengthen its shelf life a little bit. I, I don't know. Again, I don't really know brew science, but I, I think it's I think it's down to six, but I don't I don't think it was ever eight. It yeah it 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 sometimes feels boozier than than it actually is. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I just had one in a, a circumstance where I was like, "This is a strong beer." Yeah, yeah. We it's did good. we did just do a, a like a barrel aged stout that was eight plus percent that um you can probably still find that you should check out because it's uh, one of my favorites. I've got a bottle that I'm going to sit on for a little while. What was the, the name? Uh, that one was called Robo Crow. 
Oh, right. Yeah. Again, a, a, a joke. Um, we, we were trying to bounce around ideas and we like couldn't really land on anything. Um, and then one of the guys suggested that we call it Crowbot. Um, and none of us really liked it. So then I was kind of making fun of it. And I was like, oh, what did, what did Ian say? Robo Crow? Um, <laughs> and then we all had we all had a good laugh and, and decided that it should stick. Do you guys just have like folders full of like names and references? Uh or dad do yeah. you use like whenever? Yeah, there's a there's a long iPhone notes. Yeah. Uh with with a bunch of names, most of them bad. Um some of them good. The I mean all that stuff's in the eye of the beholder too, right? Like maybe you think they're bad, but they get hit with the right grad. I mean, it seems like you guys don't really put out too much that doesn't resonate with the crowd. So, yeah. Well, I mean, we always try and think of it like if you're gonna go to a bar and order a pint or something, like if it if you'd be too embarrassed to say the name of the beer, then like it's probably not good or. Or if you're going to, like, have a little chuckle to yourself when you order it, then maybe it is good. That's a, actually, that's super smart. I've, I've never really thought about, in like, about the branding of drinks like that in depth. But, yeah, that's a pretty good, like, rule to live by. Yeah. But then yeah, what yeah. if it's, like, so embarrassing that then that becomes funny, too? Like you can make like the most absurd name that people are really embarrassed to say, but then that's like kind of a marketing experiment in itself. Yeah. Well, I mean, we made an entire distilling company called Shitties. Yeah. True. Which um is is kind of that. Um, you know, just just really really leaning into the joke. Yeah. But I mean that branding is great. I've I've tried a ton of the flavors. I even I remember you let me try some of the ones that didn't make it into mass production. They were all all great. So I assume that's going like quite well for you guys as well. Yeah, yeah, that's going pretty well. So we should we should have a physical shitty space up and running sometime later this year um which is super exciting but yeah people people seem to really like shitties so it's just a matter of getting them into some more bars and getting some more people to to buy into it um which i think will happen in time it's a yeah it's a a pretty saturated market and i think people really like their like white claws and neutrals and whatever but you know, it, it, I think I think everybody's kind of trying their hand at making a, a seltzer or a vodka soda. So we're trying to lean into it and, and see if we can really make it happen. Yeah, the whole trend kind of like came out of nowhere and then just like took over. Yeah. Which is, I guess, like that's kind of every trend. That's how trends work, but. Yeah, right. I think I think uh, they they took over like a lot of the craft beer market, and I I, I feel like I'm still mostly a, a beer enjoyer, um, 
but I'll I drink one every now and then. Yeah. Yeah, of course. No, I same with me. Like I would probably prefer beer, but and seltzers are great too, especially in like in the summer, which I guess is unfortunate because we're winter like eleven months out of the year, but yeah. Yeah, the winters feel long, man. Tell me about it. Yeah, although, you know what, this one, like, doesn't feel that bad. Maybe it's that I'm, like, working from home now. I don't, like, have to be as affected by the cold as as normally, but it, it seems like it hasn't been that bad of a winter and i mean it's not over tomorrow but like the shortest day is already behind us so at least that like you know we're getting a bit more daylight every week yeah that's always the way that i like to think of it too like we're past the shortest day they're starting to get longer i feel like i saw an instagram post the other day that was like in 20 days the sun is going to be setting at 7 30 and i was like oh that's really nice to think about yeah i don't know if that's true i mean the internet right yeah but um yeah it, it, it will be really nice to see the sun i think for sure yeah that and like the the sun usually means more to me than the warmth even though I kind of hate the cold and I really wanted to get warmer, I also like really need sunlight yeah. or just like daylight, even if it's overcast, as long as it's not like getting dark at three o'clock. That's what like yeah. really gets to me. Yeah, it's, it's really, really fucking depressing. I mean, I used to hate the winter a lot less when I was snowboarding like every weekend or two. Yeah, that was that was that was a lot different. But um, you know, that stuff costs a lot of money. Yeah, true. I like Sarah and all her friends are super active outdoors, and they love the winter. You know, like they they won't hear anything bad about it. I was, you know, remind them like, okay, you guys are like really active cross country skiers. Like half of you are sponsored by Arcteryx not that bad for you like i'm just a regular civilian in a wheelchair yeah. you know like our our winters are a bit different yeah not they're they're not that conducive to mobility for you i'm sure yeah, yeah. but uh whatever it's it's not bad i mean i i do i like the winter aesthetically like the the snow looks cool if if yeah. I can ever condition myself to take more photos, winter photos look like a, a drastic change. You know, you can like take yeah. a photo of something in the summer and then take a photo of the exact same thing in the winter, and it's a totally different photo, which yeah. I think is like one of the the better things about. Edmonton's winter to me at least yeah I mean that's a really cool way to think of it there's also like such a huge population that just doesn't see snow like ever yeah yeah true for sure and like it is 
mean too much of it can kind of be overwhelming, but it is like a very a cool, like unique thing. I mean, for us to say snow is unique is kind of funny, but yeah, for someone who never sees <laughs> it, I could see why that would be a really cool thing. And then yeah. to like think about, you know, Christmas without snow is, is kind of weird to me. Like, yeah. Yeah, I I mean, there was, I don't know how long ago it was, but we had a Christmas where there was no snow, and I, yeah. I was like, sick, I'm I'm going skateboarding today. Um, and, I, and that was really cool. Yeah, no, no, I, I remember that and definitely remember the photos and still constantly see, like, all my skate friends posting, like, this, you know, like, the memories, like, on this day six years ago or whatever, we were yeah. skating on Boxing Day. So that's cool, for sure. Um, You know what? I, I, I think that was a great talk. But yeah, me too, I man. also think that uh, it, it's been long enough. Unless uh, you have anything else you want to talk about or plug before we go i think i can uh let you get back to your evening uh no i think we i think we touched on the shit we had a nice little chat shot yeah, the shit. Sure. but actually uh before we go if you could you know at least promote like where can people like find you or your work online since we're all online all the time uh i don't really do like a website or anything but you can find me at the mitchy dagger instagram account and then what where's the dead city cycles uh it is i think it's dead city cycles dot cult maybe with a v uh yeah just on instagram dead city cycles and uh, I'll I'll link everything properly so everyone knows where to find me. One more thing before we go that I actually would have forgot to say. It's super cool that like how many people do you think have your name in their phone as Michi and then a sword emoji? Because when <laughs> when I when I got you to send me a text. That I was adding into my contacts, it just automatically changed dagger to the sword. So I just oh, left sick. it. But you're Bro. you're the only name in my phone that's an emoji. And I wonder how many other people were forced to, to use the emoji. Probably 40%. I'm gonna say 40% of people that I'm in their phone, I am in there with a sword. That that's amazing. Yeah. It's branding. Uh, uh, can also be called Mitch the Knife, apparently. Yeah, no, there's no no emojis attached to anything I do, so you're already ahead of me in that regard. Sick. Kind of Mitchy one West Zero. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Uh enjoy whatever else you get up to, and uh hopefully talk soon. All right. Cheers, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. See ya.